The NFL trade deadline came and went with the Buccaneers not making a move. We tell you why it isn't a huge cause for concern. And we turn our attention to the Los Angeles Rams in a must win to save the season. Let's go. You are locked on Buccaneers. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my Wednesday co-host, Mr. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. Of course, you can check out everything that he's doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. And make sure you're following everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at E Klosky WTSP. Again, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they were, will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First time users, can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Evan is going to give his thoughts on what can spark the run game for this Buccaneers offense. But first, we need to talk about the NFL trade deadline. In NFL record, 12 players were moved at the deadline, and the Buccaneers were able to do nothing. Zip. They have some Never. players coming back. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield Jr., Keem Hicks, Russell Gage. So some people like to make the argument that by doing nothing, they're still doing something because they're getting all of these guys back. But we saw Bradley Chubb moved. We saw my guy Chase Claypool moved. We saw Zach Moss get traded. Naeem Hines got traded. Chase Edmonds. You know, all Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, who, you know, isn't even playing this year. Even he got traded. The Buccaneers managed to do absolutely nothing. But when you take a look at the trade deadline landscape, Evan, was there a move that was made that you thought maybe the Buccaneers should have been in on? Or is there a move that didn't get made that you were thinking they probably should have tried to pursue? Honestly, I keep kind of flip-flopping on this because a part of me thinks that you should be going all in to a degree to make something happen. It's tough to know what they were trying to do and what wasn't executed. You know, it always takes two to tango with these trade situations. Uh, Bradley Chubb would have been someone very intriguing only because, like, if they truly wanted to go all, all in, Bradley Chubb was the move. Absolutely. Have, Having mostly because you know that Shaq Barrett is not returning, right? Everyone else, the organization could have said, "Look, we're going to get this person back, this person back, this person back," but you know that Shaq is not coming back. So, the fact that you you couldn't even make a a tiny deal for some O line depth, that was probably the one thing I was looking for. Is like, could you float out a sixth rounder to? Uh, to, to bring in someone uh, to help on the depth, some you know, just anything. 
So the fact that that wasn't made, that was probably the one thing that I wanted to see from the team. Having said that, I mean, giving up a, a first round pick for a team that's three and five, who right. currently has the eighth pick in the draft. Like we can all say that we believe this team will be better. We believe that they'll win the division, but what if they don't? And that's what Jason Light and company have to worry about. If they were, if they were six and two in this division, and they lost Shaq Barrett, I think there would have been more of a more of an impetus to kind of say screw it, get Bradley Chubb, insert him in, plug and play from what Shaq was, and keep the train moving. But the fact is you kind of just have to hope that it works out and maybe you can finagle something um, after the deadline in a sense of of waves or or pulling people off practice squads. I don't know. But it just seems like they were kind of – It's real hard to justify, like you said, a three and five football team giving up their first round pick for a nine game rental plus maybe the postseason. Yeah, and uh, and, and their and their salary cap. Strong. Yeah. So it's not even like, you know, Miami at least is gonna try to work out a long term deal. Right. The Bucks were probably not going to do that. Um, especially when you have Joe Tryon Shank on the other side and Shaq Barrett's gonna return next season. So he kind of gets squeezed out. Um, you know, I was I was wondering how creative the Bucks could have been to maybe acquire someone with years left on a rookie, like like a Chase Clay, a Claypool, or not not saying that they really need to. I don't want them trading a second round pick for Chase Claypool, but I'm saying that somebody who could have given them help this year and maybe next year and the year after to kind of help their cap when they're going to inevitably have to make harsh cuts and change this roster over next year. That was sort of the creativity I wanted to see, that they were maybe willing to part with some picks for guys who are going to be around for one, two, three more years um, in a very similar fashion to what we saw from the Lightning when they made yeah. a big deal last year to bring in a guy like Brandon Hagel, who was under a cheap contract for two more years, and they parted with a lot of prospects and picks because they said, you know what, this is a win-now move, but we also know that we're going to need cap help in the future. So let's just do that right now. Yeah, two two birds, one stone. Well, the good news is no one else in the division, nor the Rams or the Packers, really did anything at all to improve their own chances. You know, we had heard for weeks that Cam Akers was kind of on the trade block. Nothing happens there. So with the Bucks getting the players back that, that I mentioned, and, oh, don't forget, Kyler Johnson back on the practice squad. Um, yeah, the I hope I hope he's send you a signed football for how much you. <laughs> I, I don't get it. So, well, you have the, the Rams and the Packers uh, standing pat. Is the door still open now for the Buccaneers to make a run here in a in a weak NFC? For sure, Tom Brady's your quarterback, and if you can click, like, don't tell me that you cannot tell me that any team. In the national football, sorry, in the, in the NFC, is not going to be freaking out if the Bucs get in as a low seed and are coming to your house, especially with what they did in 2020 with the GOAT. Um, and 
the facts are they are a a bid stealing type of team. I mean, the NFC South is going to be a bid stealer. It's going to be yeah. potentially an undeserving team, um, you know, getting a spot. I mean, let's say the Bucks turn it around. I mean, what's what's best case scenario? I mean, like nine wins, right? Like not nine, nine and seven. I mean, ten and six would be a miracle. Uh, sorry, ten and seven would be a miracle. Um, so, I mean, what you're three and five now. If you it, you mean losing two games the rest of the way, that's a ten win season. Yeah, so, I mean, dude, that's that's a tall order. I can see nine wins. I think nine wins wins the division. Oh, so, absolutely. I you could probably win this division with eight wins. Yeah, no, you're right. Things are going. So I mean, that's the and and look, I bring up the lightning again, right? Because they are the stereotypical. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. All that matters is what you do in the postseason. And if this team can be healthy enough and during the playoffs, and if they've figured out something offensively, then that's a scary team. I mean, like on paper, they're a scary team when fully healthy. Yeah. And it's going to be very interesting to see them get a little bit of their swagger back when all these defensive pieces come. It's just offensively i don't know where the help is you know that there's no excuse there outside of a, a middling julio jones who can't stay healthy which we don't know what his impact is going to be on the offense anyway so and and the issues with the offense have nothing to do with people who are absent it's it's communicative it's scheme it's predictability it, it you know i, I think I think recently what we've seen with the defense has been more injury issues than Todd Bowles issues. The offense is a long-standing problem. Well, something that could uh, inject some life and some confidence in the uh, offense is going to be getting that run game right. We're going to get your thoughts on that in just a little bit. But something that helps me have some confidence is – Simply safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. With top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to say big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. Make sure that if you are a fan of other sports like hockey, Evan's already talked about the Lightning a little bit. 
College football, number one defense in the nation, the University of Illinois fighting Illini, baby. You want to check out Locked On Sports today. It is the biggest headlines in all of the sports in under 30 minutes, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. There is plenty of talk coming up about the Rams game when David comes back for crossover Thursday tomorrow. But let's start with the obvious headline for the Bucks going into this game. And, of course, you we've already touched on it a little bit, but that is Shaq Barrett. You're a big Anthony Nelson guy. You even made a preseason bold prediction that he would finish with, I believe it was eight sacks. Yeah. Are you comfortable, maybe even confident, in Anthony Nelson and Carl Nassib's ability to step up and fill a huge void? left by Shaq Barrett, who was crushing it in the first half against Baltimore. Uh, He was was so good. The offense offense stalled, but I think the moment Shaq left, that's when everything went downhill for the Bucs as a whole, uh, emotionally, and then, of course, on the defensive side of the ball, already missing all those pieces. It was right after that that they just completely fell apart. Um, The answer is no. Like... I mean, I like Anthony Nelson. I, I like Carl Nassib, but they're not Shaq Barrett. And, no. they'll, and they'll tell you that. So it's very concerning. Um, there's no replacement. And Joe Tryon is still kind of learning. Certainly like his ability of, of pass rushing. I still worry with his containment. Um think I think his fundamentals are still getting there of of getting caught out of position and teams taking advantage of it advantage of it um, in certain occasions but look I, I think that Anthony Nelson um, has the ability to have splash plays I mean I remember Shaq talking in training camp saying that Anthony Nelson reminded him of himself when he was in Denver that he just needed the opportunity and that he was going to go eat. And he felt like this was kind of the year for him to do that. So I, I know I stand by that sack number. I, I, I think the probabilities of me hitting that bold prediction have gone up because, oh yeah, you know, he's going to get more, more runway. So, you know, I think you're going to notice him make big plays, but is he going to be consistent enough to make all the plays that Shaq makes? Because even though Shaq wasn't filling up the stat sheet, his pressure numbers were fantastic. So he was doing work. It just wasn't correlated to statistics. We saw on Thursday, the statistics were finally catching up. He was having a big game and now he's taken out. So that's the, um, it's, it's, it's a big loss. Hopefully though, Bowles will now utilize more blitzes with his DBs when they're all healthy to kind of mitigate the pressure that Shaq had. And we'll see what they can do there of, of switching things up. So that, you know, it's, it's, I would love to say that, you know, my love for Anthony Nelson is going to prove itself and he, you know, you're going to see a star emerge. Uh, I think you're going to see someone who is going to make a giant leap emerge but is that going to be good enough for this defense? That remains to be seen. But but I do love Nelson. I do think 
um, the general public is going to be impressed with what they see. Um, even though he got into Thursday night watching some some of the game back, he did miss a couple of big tackles there, um, which were very important, which is why I say it's a consistency thing. It's not a splash play thing. I spoke out on Monday's episode about a, a couple of things. I went on a full-blown diatribe about how pointless Thursday night football is and how the NFL's a bunch of hypocrites. Well, one of the things that I talked about more specifically pertaining to the Buccaneers is that I feel it's a time for a change at running back. And I don't mean to bench Leonard Fournette outright, but that Rashad White should be getting the Leonard Fournette load and Leonard Fournette should be relegated to the Rashad White kind of, you know, the role. Over the last two games, uh, Rashad White averaging almost four and a half yards per carry, which far surpasses uh, Fournette's production. Is that the spark you think the Bucs need in the run game, or do you have a different idea as to how they can get out of the basement of the NFL in terms of rushing offense? I would love to tell you it's as simple as that. I definitely think that Rashad White needs more. Um, certainly needs more carries. Um, having said that, the rushing issues pertain heavily with a um, lack of consistency up front. I think, you know, everyone's kind of unloaded on, on Luke Gedeke and my issues with Luke pertain more to pass pro than maybe the, the rushing game. Uh, I, I think Robert Hainsey is still learning, you know, how to, how to, when he's pulling and getting to where he needs to get to fast enough and, and the opponents, um, you know, I think he needs some work, but, but the bigger issue is kind of on the edges. So Kate Otten and even Co. They have not been consistent enough at blocking the edges. And if you watch at home, if you you know roll back tape and you watch some of these bad runs, what's happening is the guy on the edge is getting around so quickly that it's sniping the, the running back as they try to get into the lane. Now, having said that, multiple times a game I'm watching and Lenny is missing a hole. And that's not to say that Lenny is going in the wrong direction. Lenny is heading to the place that he's supposed to be heading, but the running back and their power is supposed to ad lib and find where the hole is existing. And on multiple occasions in a game, you will see a gaping hole, maybe not where it's supposed to be where the design is, but it is right there because defenses are over pursuing now on the Bucks. They're feeling real confident, which is why I kind of think they need to add some misdirection, and that is an answer for me, is defenses have just been crashing the line and, and just essentially crushing them. And if you can throw in some misdirection, maybe you can kind of get them a little pause, a little hesitation on being able to get to the running back so quickly well the rams are right there with the bucks in terms of their ability to run the ball so it's going to be interesting to see which side emerges as the superior rushing team on sunday but i'm not racing to put any running back from this game into my daily fantasy lineups however if any of you are more confident than i am in that aspect you may want to make one of them your pick on prize picks pick 
two to five players, and if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It's not competing against other people. It's just you against the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, cricket, pickleball is going to be on there sooner than later. You got the XFL coming up, all kinds of choices. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And it's time for the prediction segment. Evan is going to break out that crystal ball of his. He is going to let us know who is going to win this game and what the score is. He is going to let us know who the player of the game is going to be. But first, he's going to drop a bold prediction in there. So tell me, why is your bold prediction that Cooper Cup will get zero receptions for zero yards and zero touchdowns? Uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup, who uh, had 18 receptions for nearly 280 yards and three scores against the Buccaneers last year in two games. Um, you're not you're not going to stop him completely, but I, I will say – He needs to rest that ankle. That's all yeah, I'm saying. I, I will say the Buccaneers spent the entire offseason studying for the Rams because entering the season they said, how are we going to – win the NFC and winning the NFC goes through LA. You haven't beaten LA in forever. Um, last time you beat in LA, last time you beat the Rams in Ray J was 2010 Cadillac Williams scored the game winning touchdown with 10 seconds left. Uh, 18, 17 win. The team was still in St. Louis. Um, so <laughs> it's been a long time. So, I do think if Antoine Winfield Jr. is healthy, moving him to the slot is really going to limit Cooper Cup's breakout ability. He's still going to get nine, ten catches for nearly 100 yards and probably a score. But that's okay based on, you know, what. as long as you can, like, limit him to that, those numbers and, like, keep everyone else at bay, you can live with that. And that's been the Rams' problem. It, it Cooper's been getting his. It's just who the hell else in this offense is stepping up, and and it really has been nobody. So, you know, the Rams have the same issues that the Bucs have, right? Questionable offensive line, can't run the ball. You know, uh, the quarterback isn't really performing up to abilities. All those offensive questions, I would argue that, the, that at least the Bucks' offense at receiver looks better than the Rams because Allen Robinson, uh, Robinson hasn't really been what they thought he would be. Uh, they just got Van Jefferson back, which gives him a vertical threat. But, you know, he's always been a boomer bust guy. So, you know, um, if Antoine Winfield Jr. is healthy, I believe that that's a that's going to be really good. That's going to be really good for the Bucs. And I would imagine him being locked in on Coop. So your bold prediction is? My bold prediction is five sacks. Oh, yeah, I think. Um, I like that. And, and by the way, disclaimer, this is all under the assumption that we're going to see guys like Carlton Davis. Sure. Um, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., Akeem Hicks, and Sean Murphy Bunting return. So yeah. we're optimistic, 
entering the week that that might happen. If things change, you know, on the blitz uh, on Tampa Bay at 830, um, my pick might change. My thoughts might change. But as of right now, being that optimistic, I'm going five sacks. And I think they've been studying for this game all offseason. I think that they certainly delved deeply into it um, and are in a very prime spot because they've had an extra three or four days to prepare while the the Rams just came off a divisional matchup at home against the Niners where that was a must-win game and they got blown out. So that is a deflating feeling and now you got to fly across the country against a team that is pissed. Not only like about the three-game losing streak, because the Rams are, are ticked off about that as well, but also about just how much they cannot beat this team and what happened last season. So there are a lot of motivational, non-football kind of factors that parlay into me thinking the Bucks are going to be very prepared, especially Todd Bowles. So who who's going to be the uh, the catalyst for this? Your predictive player of the game, uh, Devin White. Oh, if you, if you cannot, but this is a huge shove it in your face game for Devin White. You know he's been getting a lot of crap and and deservedly so. Warren Sapp said, "Take the C off his chest." Exactly, exactly. No, his 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 um his play has been challenged. His 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 work ethic has been challenged. And and when Todd Bowles even made the Super Bowl comment, I think that was a direct shot at Devin White. I agree. So so this man, if there is a time to step up, you know, national game, all eyes on you, CBS. Um, I think this is a put up or shut up game for Devin White. And he is going to be locked in because he has been locked out. For a, for a few weeks now, ever since winning that that NFC Defensive Player of the, the Month award, he has been tuned out. So yeah. I think, you know, he got he got some humble pie and I, I think he's about to, to shove it in everyone's face. So that's going to be my kind of a bold prediction, too. So <laughs> I think he'll be all over the screen. All right. And when when all is said and done, when Tony Romo has annoyed us all to no end. Uh, the final score. Actually, I like Tony Romo. I cannot wait for Tony Romo to just predict every. He's gonna, he's gonna predict every single Buccaneers offensive play. <laughs> like, probably, probably. But I, I mean, over under seventeen and a half times does he go? Here we go, Jim. Jim like, kills me. What is going to be the final score in this one? I swore to myself. I swore to myself I would not pick the Buccaneers until they prove they can win a game. I swore to myself. I, and I was planning on doing the same thing, and I and, didn't think about it for two days. And I literally, like, I have to go Buccaneers. The spot is too good. It's too good. You 23 to 20 Buccaneers. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think it's going to be ugly, ugly, ugly. I think defense wins this one. But, man – I told you, like, like literally this team had extra time. They played an AFC opponent on Thursday night football. There was it, it, it was whatever. They've been game planning all offseason. I think the Antoine Winfield Jr. move to, to the, the slot, by the way, was a direct result of how badly they did against Cooper Cup and how they needed to change the way they did things to win the NFC. They have literally spent so much time on the Rams. They've had to. 
they've had to. And the Rams are scrambling because they really have not been focusing on the Bucs like the Bucs have been focusing on the Rams. And I already explained the spot that they're in coming off of last week and how dejecting that was. It's – I am – I. I'm going to regret this, but 2320 fucking Well, spoiler for Friday's episode. Like I said, I've been thinking about it for two days, and all I can, and I, I swore I wasn't going to pick the Buccaneers to win a game because of exactly what you just said. Until they show me they can win a game, I can't pick them. But all I keep thinking is they have to win this game. And if I am, if I'm going to trust anybody to figure it out and win just one game, it's Tom Brady. If the Bucs win this game, it could spark a run. If they lose this game, the season is over. You are not bouncing back from three and seven and making the playoffs. They have to find a way to win this game. So I don't know what my score prediction is going to be yet, but I'm with you. Uh, I got your back, Evan. I think the Buccaneers are going to win this one. With that, we are going to get out of here. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. And, of course, make sure you're hearing the biggest stories in all the sports by checking out Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. David will be back tomorrow with Crossover Thursday, hooking up with Locked On Rams to break down the biggest matchups and the biggest stories ahead of this game. Check out everything Evan is doing over on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. Check out my stuff over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at WTSB. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those kids. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.